So anyway, what do you want to talk about today? Good question. Dumb question. Dumb question. <laughs> oh, man. Sometimes I think about that phrase, dumb question, and the tone that it was proclaimed in that particular instance. Mm-hmm. Dumb question. Very, uh, such disdain in those words. If you want to know what uh, Bobby's talking about, then you can check out uh, the episode entitled Dumb Questions. Dumb Questions. Or Dumb Question or something like that. It yeah. was, <laughs> let's see, that was a few months episode ago. 78, June of 2022. If, uh, yeah, this is the Mind Virus podcast. We're it feeling is. somewhat contemplative today. Mindvirus.show on the web. I am Jordan Bruno, sitting across from... You're sitting across from Bobby Flood, who's staring at his phone to wonder what day it is. It's Monday, February 27th, 2023. Welcome to the show, Bobby Flood. 2723. And I I just wanted to say, uh, have a quick message for the AI overlords that may censor us. (laughs) I just want to say, pandemic, 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 COVID, 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 vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. Fraud, fraud, fraud. Anyway. Rigged election. Rigged election. Rigged election. Russia, Pizza, Russia, Russia, Russia. Pizzagate. Russia. Pizzagate. Pizzagate. MAGA, 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 MAGA. <laughs> Epstein Island. Epstein Island. <laughs> Apparently. Who was it? The uh, I got to find the headline. The Brookings Institute or somebody has been uh, working with a various with various contractors to uh, go through tons and tons of podcasts and and do the voice to text yeah using AI anal- analysis and look look for uh, misinformation D- yeah misinformation disinformation censors use AI to target podcasts they found that conservative podcasters were 11 times more likely than liberal podcasters to share claims fact checked as false or unsubstantiated (laughs) (laughs) you don't say (laughs) there was something interesting here in this article one one show Brookings misclassified as conservative is the dark horse Science podcast hosted by da 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 da. Over the past three years, they meticulously explored the complex world of COVID, delivering scintillating insights and humbly correcting their infrequent missteps. Yeah, hosted by Brett Weinstein, who is not conservative, and Heather Hying, which I believe is his wife. They were the he Brett Brett Weinstein was uh, famously kicked out of uh, the the university he taught at for not bowing down to the gender cult. <laughs> A oh, few okay. years ago, and his brother is Eric Weinstein, and they uh, they kind of teamed up there before COVID. They they kind of teamed up in sort of a loose alliance with guys like Jordan Peterson and mm. uh, uh, Ruben. I can't remember his first name, and they called themselves like the intellectual dark web. But it kind of 
kind of d- dissolved there after a while. But they're not your traditional conservatives. They're not even, most of them would consider themselves kind of left liberal, especially the Weinsteins. But anyway, go on. Well, Brookings <clears throat> determined that 13.8% of their shows contained false information. Then they, the writer asked the question, what would the Brookings methodology using a different set of fact checkers spit out if applied to CNN, the Washington Post, the FDA, CDC, or hundreds of blogs, podcasts, TV doctors, and quote, science communicators who got nearly everything wrong? Yeah, well, they don't, <laughs> they don't have to fact check those guys. They, they, they uh, are our single source of truth. Right. The next paragraph, speaking on journalist Matt Tabby's podcast, novelist Walter Kern skewered the new AI fact-checking scheme. It pretends to turn censorship into a, quote, mathematical, not constitutional concern, or as he calls it, quote, sciency, 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 bull. Yeah, I like We that. are a family program. Bull. <laughs> we don't say that word on the Mind Virus show very often. Well, not when the recorders are running. Not when we know we're being AI fact-checked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, that the, was an interesting the censorship. Article, wasn't the censorship's it? out of control. I mean, we're 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 witnessing a kind of a, a tumble, uh, a cascading fall into 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 dystopian, uh, like a hellscape with when it comes to censorship and AI. Well, and, at least right now you can. You can still go and, and kind of do what you want, but the question is where where the rubber's going to meet the road. For example, the rubber right now meets the road on episode um, 114, False Reality, where we got on Spotify a blue banner that says, learn about COVID-19. I can't yeah. even remember. What were we talking about in... I, I think we were just talking about the vaccine letter, weren't we? The church's vaccine letter? I, I don't remember exactly, but I figured those... Those blue banners were just a way for... Oh, hey, dude, we got one on episode 115. I didn't see that. So last week we got one. <laughs> nice. I figured... What were we talking about last week? <clears throat> last week, we... Last week like was... We was a... just kind of happy-go-lucky, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, Kind of yeah. slap-happy... We, we mentioned the SEC. Audio slapstick. We mentioned the SEC and the LDS Church, because that was breaking news while we, we were recording last week. 112, unscripted. We also got... I thought those blue, uh, blue learn banner. about COVID banners on Spotify were just ways to highlight that. Hey, if you listen to this episode, you'll learn some good things about COVID. COVID, 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 COVID. What? what yeah, why are they doing this anymore? Isn't COVID over? <laughs> right, the, the, pan, the quote, pandemic is not officially over, right? Had, well, Joe Biden announced that, that he was going to end it in the spring, end some restrictions in May. So he must know something we don't know. They're going to kick that can down the road till the fall, though. Well, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I don't know. Like this, this, the whole world is, is, is just inside out and upside down. How are we going to prosecute a war with Russia while we're caught in a, a ravaging pandemic, mm. quote, unquote? Good, good question. Not a dumb question. And by the way, the, the war with Russia seems more and more uh, inevitable. And I mean real big world war. Like there's some chess pieces are moving there and 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 more than anybody it seems like the it's the west and the u.s that wants war or whoever's controlling the west and the u.s it's not joe biden it's that's okay i mean if we go to war that's okay because you know if you live in utah and you're a member of the prevailing majority religion here 
they've been saving a lot of money for a rainy day. Care to comment, Bobby Flood? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you made the comment last week. Are they saving money for a, a, a very hot, fiery day? But I, I think this idea that squirreling away hundreds of billions of dollars for uh, a societal fact check, fact check. collapse. $32 billion. Well, $32 billion was just this portion that was under the uh, SEC filing requirements. Now, I don't know if you want to go here, so feel free to divert the, uh, the attention well, of the podcast. Think, but my understanding is you actually read the SEC settlement. Yeah, yeah, it was like it. a 10-pager. Do we want to link to that or not? Are we? Absolutely. Is this territory too... <clears throat> we've, we've been in dangerous territory before. <laughs> and uh, on account of the fact that all of our viewers, all of our listeners, our loyal listeners, we have a few viewers that go view the website. But uh, We should link to it because... Like I said, a week ago right now when we were recording, or actually not quite a week ago, because we recorded on Tuesday because Monday was President's Day, the day we honor these venerable, honorable, trustworthy men that have <laughs> led our government over the... There have been some good guys. There have been. Tyler, Monroe, all the ones you don't weren't know those, about. Weren't, it's just all the ones that were assassinated. The ones you've never heard about, they... <clears throat> They were the most effective. They, they, they followed the Constitution the most. The ones that nothing happened, you never heard anything. Right. Anyway. I don't know if Tyler or Monroe are those guys. but um, We were recording when, kind of when that news broke, right, last week. You're talking about the, about the, the church the, settling the, with the yeah, Southeastern Conference? <laughs> right. Well, I spent... Who's more powerful, seriously, the Southeastern Conference or the Securities Exchange Commission? Because uh, that's I a think good that it's possible that those guys run in the... the uh, I think there's... What do they call it? The, the Bull Selection Committee, the BC... No, they don't call it anymore. It's the playoff? What do they call it? Yeah, the playoff committee, selection committee. I don't know. Like, but th there's a lot of the same people involved in those organizations. Donald Rumsfeld's involved in that? Well, he's dead, <laughs> but I think there's a revolving door or a two-way hallway, you know, a tunnel under the ground that gets you from D.C. to the SEC offices really quickly okay. <laughs> and other uh, NCAA conferences, especially when it comes to football. That's big-time money. Those are big power players. There's a lot of... You know, Would you say it's more or less than the church has under management? Uh, <laughs> you, again, if you we count, are talking about the SEC here, so that's well, the, SEC, the fact that you the fact that you hesitate. I, I mean, is, the SEC doesn't supposedly doesn't have any money under management. They're just a good guy, white collar, white knight, ma uh, uh, regulatory agency, right? You're talking just, about this. Are we talking about southeastern? Oh, Conference. southeastern conference because those that's guys a lot have of a money. lot of money, and There's, that's what I'm saying. Does yeah. the church have more or less than those guys? The one thing I don't think the SEC has probably is, not all the programs combined. The SEC conference, the football conference or the sports conference, does not have, to my knowledge, <clears throat> they don't have land all over the world, <clears throat> including like uh, three percent of Florida. Okay. Well, actually, in Florida, they may own <laughs> the other ninety-seven percent of Florida. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't. The the, the SEC, meaning, meaning the, the athletic conference. They may not have the land under like direct legal ownership, but as far as 
I would I would argue that as far as influence over hearts and minds, we may have the church may have met its match. Oh, in influence, yeah. The SEC. I mean, uh, it's is, a religious institution. It is. No, no, I'm not no, kidding. No, I, no, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm. It is. It it is. Uh, football. SEC football is is religion for a lot of people. Right. A lot of people who say they're Christian too. <laughs> <clears throat> they they actually answer to a higher power. Yeah. That, right now, that's the Georgia Bulldogs. Yeah. Sorry if you're an Alabama fan. <laughs> Georgia's the top dog right now. Oh. Nick Satan's got, or sorry, <laughs> Nick Saban has his work cut out for him. You know, it's a, it's a joke. You're guys. not a fan. It, no, actually, you know what? I, you I got to be careful because you're really going to get us in trouble now. <laughs> yeah. Should I, you know, War Eagle, Roll Tide. Which side are you on of that? That's the Iron Bowl, Auburn versus Alabama. Oh, yeah. You could get yourself stabbed in the back if you say the wrong thing to the wrong person. Oh. But you know what? I, I like. I don't know Nick Saban. It's really hard to say I like him or whatever, but I, I tend to enjoy his press conferences. And Man, I the think guy's successful. He's successful, and I, I tend to... He doesn't really, uh, he doesn't really uh, let these athletes that he coaches get the better of him. Like he's going to have certain principles. Okay. It's an important word today. And policies and things. And, and if you're going to go play for him, then you're going to buy in. And if not, you just go somewhere else because there's got a line of people out the door that like to play at Alabama for him. So I think he runs a good ship, a nice, tight, successful ship. Yeah, so uh, he was first in the um, NFL with Miami. Yeah, and see, he didn't have as much success in the NFL, and I, I think that coaches like him tend to go struggle in the NFL for different reasons. One of which is maybe in the NFL, you're, the coach isn't going to be, it's hard for the, an NFL coach to be kind of an authoritarian, my way or the highway guy, because those guys are getting paid a lot of money and they're grown adults. And now I do think you have programs or organizations that do buy into that. Okay. So he beat, for so, certain coaches. so he used to coach LSU, Louisiana state, and, and they won the BCS before he coached at Miami. Mm-hmm. And then he ends up at Alabama. Yeah. Which has been like a juggernaut under yeah, they, his leadership. Yeah. I mean, a terrible season for them is not winning the title. I mean, that's, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's pretty a much high, what they're expecting. But, but yeah, it's a high standard. Yeah. No kidding. But I, I, I like diversity in the champions. I like seeing different One, schools. One, two, win. three, four, five, <clears throat> six national championships. <clears throat> but like, I. I I think like seven. I'm making this LSU. number up just kind of based on memories, but but it's like maybe you could look it up. It seems like eight eight ish or seven out of the last ten national champions have been SEC schools, and the other two or three has been Ohio State. <laughs> Probably like, like like the Pac-12, uh, the Big Twelve. There's not a lot of uh, they're not they're not doing too well, you know. Uh, the ACC is pretty much a, a mid-tier conference nowadays. So I don't know. The SEC's the juggernaut. They're getting, they have the best teams. So anyway, but that, certainly, no, certainly no, offense, right? no, no offense was intended to Nick Saban, but if we're going to uh, talk about this in religious <clears throat> terms, definitely his name has a close <laughs> one-letter variation from a, from a well, very highly influential religious well, figure. There's that uh, hockey player. 
whose last name was Satan. Oh, really? But it was pronounced like Satan. Oh, okay. But it was spelled the same, so he's skating around with this name on his back. And I don't remember where he was from. He's from, I think, like Eastern Europe or something, uh-huh. but I always got a kick out of that. But if look, if we're a sports con, if we're a sports podcast, I need to change my approach here. We need to talk like this, and we need to talk about the implications of the signing bonus that the athlete for the team just signed and how it might impact the ticket sales going forward and whether or not it improves their chance of winning a championship. Is this Howard Cosell? No, it's just your Who typical. Who is it? Just your typical? Sports. Oh, yeah. If it were Howard Cosell. Yeah. Ha- yeah. Howard Cosell was, was like, yeah, what, what was his famous uh, phrase? I can't remember right now. But he had a pretty, really distinctive, unique voice, yeah. which was... And in, 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 uh, another one that uh, we will no longer hear anymore because he's passed away was uh, the Dodgers announcer, uh, Vin Scully. He had a really nice, uh, like, cadence and oh, voice. Here's a quote attributed to uh, Howard Cosell. After all, is football a game or a religion? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Sports is human life in microcosm. I don't know if that's Cosell. He had a more of a halting shouty voice i think if i remember right but getting back to the other the, SEC, other, the, the less powerful commission. sec so this news broke last week and i spent too much time kind of looking at it you think it was too much time maybe was it more time than you spent on hogwarts legacy yes because i, I finished hogwarts legacy and i didn't and really all the side quests and i stuff. haven't done all the side quests i don't have a hundred percent done in the game but i kind of put it down for a while okay and, More uh, pressing matters of principle at hand. Just, yeah, Elder Scrolls Online. <laughs> when are they going to do Elder's Quorum Online? <laughs> they did in already. In 3D. No, no, 3D. Like, you don't actually have to. You are like the Jesus video game, but you're just an elder. So you just go sit and watch. Watch or listen while they read. I'm picturing this like while v- they read this VR. A it's a VR game where you sit on your couch, but you're actually going to church. And sitting yeah. in Elder's Quorum, and you've got your little fake hands that float. Yeah, and then they read you a conference And it's talk. like you've got, you've got two buttons, one that says, do nothing, and another button that says, raise hand to make comment. <laughs> oh, VR, man, VR is getting there. That's virtual reality, you know, like these yeah, yeah. headsets. Have you ever tried one of those? Yeah. I tried one and found it really disorienting. Yeah, it's, I ended up tripping and falling in the real world. <laughs> yeah, it's too, it's just not uh, good enough. Like, you just... Right. It's cool, but you might as well look at it on a big screen because it is disorienting. Yeah, the screen, like a big TV screen or a uh, uh, computer yeah. screen, still a better experience. But yeah, uh, and they need to get better at uh, the full body interface. Yeah, we need to get those full suits and treadmills like they have because they can't really track your fingers. So they give you like little sticks, and then yeah. instead of manipulating your fingers, you have to push buttons, yeah. which you have to learn a whole new thing. They need to get the full body suits like they have in Ready Player One. Right. An experience like that could take over the world, and then the real world would be a dystopian hellscape like Ready Player One. Right. Because we would all just live our lives in the in the fake world, which we kind of. And there have been movies about that. And we're kind, we're kind of getting we're close. There. Yeah. We just have little <clears throat> tiny small screens instead of really cool digital <clears throat> interfaces. But I spent a lot of time on this uh, story because it uh, it. I mean, it was big news. It broke in every major newspaper, uh, many international papers. It was 
it was big news on social media. Oddly enough, and I understand my, I'm kind of a hermit in a lot of ways, but I didn't hear a single word about it in the real world, meaning like, like at family dinners or anything. I, I don't know if that's because people just didn't want to talk about it. Or it just, uh, I think, well, I think that's it. I think people just wanted it to go away. Well, we don't bring up negative news at church, you know? Right, but it, it this is still, I mean, this is a, a, a it, it was a big story for a couple of days there. And one of the things, I, I noticed a common theme, because I, I read the Desert News, I read the Salt Lake Tribune, I read some of the national papers, I listened to some podcasts, both on the uh I'm kind of both sides of the issue. And what are both sides? Well, there's one issue that says this is nothing. It's it's not a big deal. And there was others. You're saying were, one side of the issue is this is a nothing burger. Yeah. One side says this is fine. It's a, a clerical or a paperwork error. No well, big deal. But what you were telling me, there are people who are saying, well, no, screw the government. It's great that we're hiding money. Yeah. A lot of people on, on, on the Twitter were, uh, there was a, hashtag they tried to get going called, you know, hashtag make it a trillion. And if you look at that hashtag, a lot of the responses that, you know, uh, that, that hashtag would bring up on your screen would be things like, you know, I'm grateful the church is so responsible with the money and they've grown this and they're, they're successful investors. I'm grateful we're hiding money from the government because the government sucks. I, I really don't understand I, how we got a COVID warning last week. But. <laughs> Because like you're looking at this, we got nuclear war, the church, which if you're not in the Mormon culture, the church keeping a lid on its $100 billion fund, $100 billion plus, whatever, that's like been big news outside of Utah. Yeah, I, I, I Le- think... Learning how to impersonate Morgan Freeman, the Jesus video game, the, the Auburn University 24-7, rev- or Asbury University 24-7 revival... Right. Oh, the de Blasio hamburger vaccine <clears throat> promotion. That could have been... You're telling me that there's a, a... We could have been censored because we talked bad about you, de Blasio. You're telling me there's a burger element to this? That's abs- It was creepy. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm assuming that, especially given this story about, you know, AI censorship, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that uh, Spotify... I think that's how we're getting... Spotify has an algorithm. Like, that's got to be at, what's going on. <clears throat> like Joe Rogan has a lot of those... COVID those, warnings. Those blue banners, if you look at his he library. as us, though. <laughs> uh, probably. Maybe I'm we've sure surpassed him. But, but you would kind of expect that. Like, Joe Rogan's the biggest podcast on Spotify. So they probably have humans that actually listen and take notes. There's no way anybody at Spotify is listening to us. If you are... I thought le- we were the biggest podcast listen, on Spotify. That's well, what you se- told us, sec- the listeners se- last. Second biggest. <laughs> okay. It's neck and neck. Okay. But if you are a human at Spotify listening to this, leave a comment at mindvirus.show. Let us us know know what it is that is causing these blue banners because we would like to get more of them. And let us know what you like and dislike about the podcast. You know, what what would you like to talk about? And I'd also like to know, are there going to be new banners, like maybe a red banner that says, learn more about the barbarians in Russia? We'll learn more about the church's financial programs. Yeah, maybe that could be a green banner, maybe a yellow banner that says something like, you aren't adequately standing with Ukraine. I don't, I don't know. These are just ideas. <laughs> By the way, it, I didn't call the Russian people barbarians. That was a tweet that Spencer Cox retweeted. Really? So, so Spencer Cox, I, I'm wondering if, do you believe Russians are barbarians? Because your Twitter feed would imply that. 
Anyway, back on track, or or should we continue to sidewind? Well, what's the track? I don't know. I was going to finish this thought on the finish the SEC thought on the stuff. SEC. Like I think I think so I spent a lot of time. I think with the this. listeners do want to know your opinion. I, I spent a lot of time with it, and I think I think that they would like to know what you discovered because you seem to be the only guy that read the actual settlement agreement. Well, that's the thing that really got started. I started realizing early on that nobody's reading this. That one, this 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 document exists, right? Because there's press releases. Even the SEC has a press release, and the church has a press release, and then you have. You have the Desert News, who then later in the week kind of posted a interference type article where they taught, where they downplay the importance of the document 13F and all of this stuff, which might all be true, but it's all besides the point. What's the 13F? That's the reporting document. <clears throat> yeah, these are the documents that the church failed to correctly file. Okay, but along the way, I realized the SEC finding for well, how many years settlement is actually available online. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, let's look at it. Let's look at it. Usually this stuff is thick and it's legalese and lawyer talk. This one isn't. It's pretty straightforward. It uses language. It uses plain English. Mm-hmm. It's not very long. It's nine, nine pages. Um, and it goes through, there's even a section called facts. <laughs> facts. <laughs> And this is not a document. You know, people are saying, well, this is just the SEC. This is, the, this is document 34-96951.pdf. <clears throat> is that the one? Uh, it's. Um, I'm just looking at it the, on the SEC website here. Uh, I think that's it. Yeah, it starts United States of America before the Securities and Exchange Commission, Securities Exchange Act of 1934. Release number 96951, February 21st, 2023. Got it. Okay, we'll link to it. In the matter of Enzyme Peak Advisors, Inc., yes. and the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the Crossroads of the West. Which are in the document, those two entities, Enzyme Peak Advisors and the Church, are known as the respondents. And the respondents, it is stated later in the document, agreed to this document. This is the settlement. This which is, means... This is the, they agree to the... the <clears throat> lang- they, they, they basically are admitting to whatever's in there. Right. And they're agreeing that these are the facts in the case, which is probably not actually true. These probably are not all the facts, but this is what they were willing to agree to in a legal sense. Right? Is that... Respondents... You're the, you're the non-attorney here. Respondents consent to the entry of this Order instituting cease and desist proceedings pursuant to Section 21C of the Securities Exchange Act, making findings and imposing a cease and desist order as set forth below. So the church, which means I think that church lawyers were able to massage this and negotiate with the SEC on this. It's I don't a know that they had the final word, but they they had a <clears throat> right. they had a they voice had... in what was put into this and and they also so, had a voice in how much money went out the door to <clears throat> appease both sides of this. So what I what there was a common theme in all of this uh <clears throat> dust up, all of the dust being kicked into the air mm-hmm. was that nobody was referring to this document. You're talking about all the media, social the media. The media, the social media. The, there, any, was a, the, there, there was, there was no, there's no, there's no, like in the polite society, right? In the, in the perceived reality society, right? You go to church, the regular rank and file, nobody's really talking about it. KSL dismissed it pretty quick. Church <laughs> news obviously isn't talking about it. I even asked one rando on Twitter, like we had a little exchange and. What's a rando? Random. Oh, okay. A random person. <clears throat> Did you just make that up? <clears throat> Sorry, my throat is really uh, 
uncleared today. Well, that ultra watermelon monster is probably not helping. I was hoping it would just burn off all of the lining in my esophagus. It probably is. But I asked this person after a little bit of an exchange, which I, I tried to approach rationally and, and, and sincerely. So I, wasn't, went, I wasn't I wasn't trying to get zingers, right? right? So, so it's on your mind. So you're going to the place where people are talking about it, which is the interweb. And... One problem with Twitter is everyone's just trying to get a one-line zinger. Ha <laughs> ha, got him. And it's like, right, right. I was trying to have a conversation. Sometimes I'm in a flippant mood and I go after the got him type. Mm-hmm. And if you're curious, you can Google search G-O-T space H-E-E-M, got him, or apostrophe E-E-M. It's an old meme. But... I asked him, have you read the SEC settlement documents? He says, yes. And he posts a screenshot of the Deseret News article or the church press release. I said, no, that's not it. And I linked to this document. said, this is what you need to read. And the conversation kind of faded out after that. But a lot of mm-hmm. people didn't, I don't think a lot of people understood that this document existed and then they weren't willing to read it. There was one podcast, and maybe we can name it or not, who spent a lot of time, like three hours or something, going through this. They had an why attorney. Would, why wouldn't we want to name them? Oh, I don't know. Do we want to promote our competitors? <laughs> Are they competing with us? Nobody competes with us. There's no competition. <laughs> no, it was, this was an episode of, of Mormon Stories uh, this last week. With, uh, you know, what was the name of the attorney? You'd... Oh, I have to look it up again. But they went okay. through this document. And so they had an attorney on. They had an attorney who specializes. I'm not, I'm not like a huge fan of Mormon stories, except that they <clears throat> are bold enough to say what they think, we, we'll, which is unusual relative to We can link to Mormonism. this episode on their website. It's, uh, it was the attorney's name was Mark Pugsley. And um, um, he, if I remember right, is, a, is an SEC affiliate not affiliated but uh, he deals a lot with sec cases with whistleblowers and things like that so this was right up his alley and they went through this document and it's the only it was the only source of media out there that i could find there might be more that went through this document piece by piece now before i had listened to that i'd already read through this and again it's pretty plain language and there's a bigger story here and I don't know if you want to get into that or if you want to let our readers figure that out or our listeners read this and figure it out. No, there's I a, think, but there's I a think much we've bigger... opened up the I think we've opened up Pandora's box here. You did actually. There, I did by uh, <clears throat> asking you what was really on your well, mind. Well, there's a much bigger story here than just the church being fined for playing shell games. I mean, you did want to talk about Naomi Wolf's um Have the Ancient Gods Returned. Yeah. Which really yeah, fun we, but important article. We we'll link to that one too. Maybe but, but we like, maybe we tie maybe we it all together because it, maybe it's all that in the, maybe yeah, it's all related. Possibly, but I think you should. I mean, if you want to get this off your chest, you've got a, a large number of people that want to hear your opinion, <laughs> Mister Flood. Well, this is what as opposed to Elders Quorum, where this, they don't. This really got under my skin. It really it ruined my week. Not, uh, not the fact that the church got fined. I, as many people pointed out, it was a we lost five million dollars. Yeah, it's a small fine, but again, they could have fined him fifty cents. That doesn't. That's not the story. The story is that this 
even in the press releases and in the spin and all this, it's not what really happened. And it kind of reminded me of, remember the, the, the controversy and all of the press criticizing Florida Governor Ron DeSantis about the don't say gay bill? Which didn't say anything about not saying gay. Right. They created this narrative, they meaning the opponents of that bill, which the 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 corporate press or whatever, right. all the all the spin doctors. What the bill the actually the did was prohibit teachers of young kids, like first through fourth grade or kindergarten through fourth grade, from discussing sexual sexuality sexual I can't sexuality? Say, sexuality. <laughs> sexuality. I can't say that word today. I think the monster drink is numbing my tongue. If you say that like ten times, we <laughs> might get a different banner. <laughs> On what's the song? On uh, what's the song? Spotify. Uh, what is the lyric? Is it a Prince song? Sexual something. Keep going. <laughs> I, we are. Keep digging the we hole. Are, I, we, I, I'm not. It's not are. ringing a bell. Dimitri, Dimitri, <laughs> bail us out. Uh, but it reminded me of that where they they framed this as teachers, uh, like pe- nobody in Florida could say the word gay, or or uh, teachers couldn't say the word gay, which was not at all the case it reminded me of that because here was the story was this the story <coughs> put forth in the press especially on the the church side of things was we made some mistakes we made some mistakes with filing uh paperwork it's it's you know it's like the uh, unfrozen caveman lawyer from saturday night live we just don't understand the complexities of sec finance law and we just we just followed the advice of our lawyers and there's this classic line in the in in the in the church press release that says (laughs) i'm laughing because it's just so it's just not it's just out of character with the brand and it's pretty funny but go on We'll link to uh, this <clears throat> Prince song entitled Sexuality, not Sexuality, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but <laughs> keep going. Sorry, I couldn't, so, help. I couldn't resist. That's our, our uh, MO here is to have a variety show while discussing <laughs> serious topics. Let me just find the statement um, because the statement is it's just like incredible. Um, It's just, well, the, the 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 one thing that made it into some of the news was uh, we regret the error. That's the that's, and we consider the matter closed. And yeah, so that's yeah, that's the statement. If we get I'm hauled into for. a church court over this, we can just say we regret the matter, and or we we regret the error and consider the matter well, closed. But there's there, again and that's a perfectly you, acceptable exit. You gotta. But you can't close you, this. You gotta zoom out and look close, at the context of the statement. Okay. okay. This is the Q&A at the church news website. Question. Did Ensign Peak fail to comply with SEC regulations? Answer. We reached resolution with the SEC. We affirm our commitment to comply with the law, regret mistakes made, 
And now consider this matter closed. Okay, so so was this said? Was this spoken, or was that uh, just a r- written question? That's a and written. An the, the church's press release. Who's asking the question? The church. They just decide. They just provided. It's this like helpful, an FA. It's not really a Q and A. It's more of an FAQ. It's a yeah. They provided this helpful <laughs> FAQ or Q and A. This is at the official newsroom dot church of Jesus Christ okay. dot org. And that statement's just. It's it. They presented themselves with a yes or no question. Did did, did Ensign Peak fail to comply with SEC regulations? Yes or no. We reached resolution with the SEC. We affirm our commitment to comply with the law. Regret mistakes made, and now consider this matter closed. <clears throat> so the jokes and the memes kind of write themselves. Like, right, like right. you mentioned, you know, if you. Uh, the tithing settlement, you could say, you know, uh, are you a full tithe payer? I affirm my commitment to be a full tithe payer and can now consider this matter closed. <laughs> well, I, I don't mean to be too flippant because, <clears throat> again, I think there's, some, there's a bigger, more serious story here, which is this. These were not mistakes. This was deliberate policy that the church and Ensign Peaks engaged in knowingly and deliberately for 20 years. Well, it, they have on their Q&A, did the church know about the practices at Ensign Peak described in the order? And it says the answer is the church, church's senior leadership received and relied on legal counsel when it approved the use of the external companies to make filings. Ensign Peak handled the mechanism of the filing process. The church's senior leadership never prepared or filed the specific reports at issue. So it sounds like at least from that statement, that Ensign Peak isn't really part of the church. Well, don't they have all the church's money? They, they are part of the church. So what, what, what you're saying is that that misrepresents what was settled by the attorneys with the SEC in this PDF we're linking to. The PDF makes it clear that, that and again, I'm not a lawyer. I could maybe get some of this wrong. You are a reader. The SEC document defines the senior, that phrase, senior leadership. Let me see if I can find it. So that we can, you can read. That's what I'm saying. It's like <laughs> uh, you're not a lawyer, but you can read. Sorry, now we got dead air. You you got to you, you, you keep got, talking. You should fill the air. The uh, well, look the dead air. <clears throat> I I think that uh, Bobby's state of mind is uh, typical of a lot of people who are out there asking questions. You know, that's I think why we got COVID tagged on Spotify is because we've been talking about not so much COVID, but the response to it and people's, people's response to it and how it's shaking the foundations of, of the consistency of our society, the congru- congruity of our society, because people who had previously trusted institutions, like, for example, the Centers for Disease Control or the United States government, <laughs> are now trusting them less. And in the case of the revelations on Enzyme Peak Advisors and the SEC fine and all that stuff, people had previous, and, and of course the vaccine letter that the church sent out in um, 2020, <clears throat> people who had previously... Pre- 2021. Okay. August 2021 is when the, the letter was sent. It was the mask thing that happened in 2020. 
some mask stuff. And then there were some statements yeah. made, not necessarily a letter, but statements made about the mask. That there was a letter sent to the Utah by the Utah area authority uh, talking about masks. And I cannot find it. I have looked and mm. looked. If you know where it is, if you have that dear listeners, send us a note. But I think the point, the point is that the same thing goes for the church here, that people are asking questions and they're not dumb questions. They're legitimate questions based in principle, which is what, the, what the big story is, right? I mean, if you were to articulate, how, how would you encapsulate what the, the actual story is here in a headline? <clears throat> well, yeah, let me define. So I found the definition, right? That, that, mm-hmm. that phrase, senior leadership, which the, the church uses in their press release, their Q&A there. The SEC defines that. The, the SEC says the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints is a Utah corporation soul, which means that there is one single owner, and that is the current president of the church. Right. <clears throat> Corporation Soul, headquartered in Salt Lake City, Utah, which another side note, that name was recently changed. It used to be called the Corporation of the President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. They changed the name to just be the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. <clears throat> but so, oh, they, they did? That's weird. Yeah. So now they don't want you to know that it's just owned by the president through the name itself. They want it to be... There used to be, and I don't know if there still is, a corporation of the presiding bishop. Yeah, but why would you... That's the question is, why do you go and change that? It's because too much attention was drawn to the fact that it was the corporation of the president. Right. Rather than it's the church, but it's really owned by the president. It's still a corporation's soul. Yeah, which means one owner. One owner. Which means that, like, right now, the current president is Russell M. Nelson. He owns everything that the, quote, the church owns. So down to the, every hymn book mm-hmm. in your right. chapel is his. And a lot of people would make a legally. Big, a lot of people would make a big deal about that. It's <clears throat> been that way for a long time. Um, the The big issue is how that office behaves, or how the you know. Well, what is the big issue? Bobby well, Flood? so let me finish this. So that this is still the the SEC document defining the respondents, right? The church mm-hmm. and Ensign Peak. <clears throat> the church is, I'm going to just abbreviate because the church is a corporation soul mm-hmm. headquartered in Salt Lake City, Utah, which was organized and operated to carry out the purposes of the faith known as the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Which is a trademark or a service The mark. church has over 16 million members and more than 30,000 congregations across 160 countries. And then this is the important part. As referenced in this order meaning this document, the word order is capitalized, as referenced in this order, which this document is actually a cease and desist order. Mm-hmm. And then in quotes, senior leadership of the church, end quote, consists of the church's first presidency and presiding bishopric. So the church uses that phrase too, the senior leadership, mm-hmm. which we can take to mean the first presidency and presiding bishopric. So anyway, just okay. So we're this is legalese, right? At the beginning of the um, and then they legal define document, ensign you define, peak advisors. You define doc. You define with, terms and you right. use them in the document. And ensign peak advisors, they go on to say, is is the managing directors are appointed by the first presidency and reports to the senior leadership of the church. Meaning, as we just learned, the first presidency and presiding bishopric. <clears throat> and then it goes on and talks about talks about the. Uh, 13F stuff. But the big story, yes, what's the headline story? The story is that as a matter of policy, the church 
use deceptive accounting practices. Intentionally. Intentionally. As a matter intentionally of policy, deceptive. Knowingly, so, they right. knowingly did this. As a matter of policy, the church used intentionally deceptive accounting practices. Over the course of 20-plus years. And it was known and um, not only known and authorized, but encouraged by, quote, senior leadership. Right. This wasn't, they didn't, in 1990, Ensign Peak was founded in 1997, and they knew early on, Ensign Peak people said, hey, we got to file these things. We got to file this document, 13F. And so they created a shell company, a fake company with an address that no business was located at. And they had a man. And that's the main reason why they're paying the fine, right? Is because they had <clears throat> multiple shell companies with no activity going on. Right. To file <clears throat> these to keep it under the radar. So they had a, a, they started with one fake company with a person, an employee of EPA, that's Ensign Peak Advisors, listed in the documentation as the business manager. But this person had nothing to do with that business because the business had nothing to do. It was fake. Further, it never actually, that business never actually managed any of the assets. Because companies will use shell companies. It's common. It's probably a little bit gray-ish. Well, it depends on what you're but doing. But if you actually company. send them money, to, if they actually have money that's independently managed. If the bank accounts are in their name, if the brokerage accounts are in their name. And there's money in the bank accounts. Yeah. But my understanding with this is that none of those assets were managed by the company. They, they made it up. They made it, they led the SEC and regulatory ad, uh, administrations to believe that it was managed by a different company. Well, a, a few years later, someone said, hey, you know what? Someone's going to put two and two together. This business manager who works for EPA, but mm -hmm. is listed as the business manager for this fake company, and these fake companies all had names and they're listed somewhere, but uh, he's publicly listed on some directory, a church mm -hmm. directory, as an employee. Someone could potentially put two and two together. Did so Mark at that point, they cloned, the cease and desist order uses that word, they cloned 12 more companies to further muddy the waters. And so now they have 13 shell LLCs that have fake business managers and fake addresses mm -hmm. and fake assets. So now we're not going to go for three hours on this topic, but did Mark Pugsley with uh, John DeLynn go through these types of details in the Mormon Stories podcast we're going to link to? Because you listened to that. Yeah, they, they go into this in a lot of detail. And so, you, so, so you've not only read the document, but your, your view here is corroborated by this attorney who's kind of... Yeah, if you want to know the ins and outs... Elaborated on that. The ins and outs of, of it, this right? document, go listen to that. So this, isn't just Bo this isn't just Bobby Floods. Right. And, we don't, and you're right. We don't need to like, go through this point well, by we point. Can't, we can if you... We can go through whatever points you want. I'm just saying, like, you didn't just read the document and come to these conclusions. You've done a lot of careful research over the last week, which is driving you bonkers because well, the, because the main story the main point is nobody's talking about what that that headline was that we just <clears throat> we just brought up was that the the as a matter of policy they engaged in intentional deception for 20 years as directed by senior leadership right and why so that not just the government but that so that we didn't members, know that we right. didn't know who are they hiding this from you and me and everybody else 
So that's that's, that's the, the that's the that's question the that conversation. Be asked that's the conversation that we need to be having is what do we do about this? How do we square the fact that people? Well, I want a better let, personally. Let me, personally, me, I, I hmm. want a better explanation than well, we were just saving it for a raining day because the why here doesn't hold water for me. But saving it for a rainy day is one thing. Hiding it is completely different. Yeah, but I want to know the why. Right. Why hide it? Well, they say they're hiding it for a rainy day. I mean... Well, no. They say they have it for a rainy day. They, the, but they're the, kind unofficial, of tri- the unofficial sort yeah, of accidental to... admission that came from Roger Clark, which we talked about last week a little bit. The why is... So we didn't know how wealthy the church was because they were afraid we would stop paying tithing. That's the why. That's what Roger Clark, who is the head of EPA, told the Wall Street Journal when the whistleblower story broke well, I'm not sure why anyone would stop paying their fire insurance. <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's another matter entirely. But that's the why, the unofficial accidental why that Roger Clark probably received a, a harsh talking to after for letting, for letting that slip. For saying something like that to the Wall Street Journal. But here's the here again. It comes down. To no, but I think it's a it's it's a fair fair question. Like, and I'm saying this to not only the the AI censors, but anybody that comes and gets on our case afterwards for talking about this. Be prepared to explain why, and you can't just say, "Well, because it embarrasses the senior leadership or it embarrasses the church." That's not fair, you know. <clears throat> right. Uh, J. Reuben Clark, I think, said a long time ago that you know if we have the truth it should stand up to scrutiny. But if it's not the truth, it should be harmed, right? Like, we mm-hmm. are, is Mormonism or is Mormonism not interested in truth? And are we not people that, that uh, care about principles, right? Right. So for me, that, that's what, what's been frustrating for me is that nobody seems to be real willing to have the conversation of what this means, except what on it the, implies. Except social media kind of is, but not, not really. the— but not the, the rank and file, and definitely not the mm. news outlets that have covered it, right? And, and that, no, nobody that in the Utah sphere. That discussion is, to put it as blunt as I can, that, that discussion is that men who claim to stand between me and saving ordinances have not been honest with us. Okay. Okay, because I have to, to, to attend the temple, everyone has to swear their allegiance to these men. Well, the the question is, do you sustain? Yeah, but we all know what that. Well, right. we, you know, I've argued that with a bishop, <clears throat> sure, or stake president before. But the idea is there is that by sustaining them, you accept you know, you sustain them as prophets, seers, and revelators mm-hmm. in that interview. I mean, the what the the last <clears throat> time I was in there, what we got down to is I I said, well, what I what I think that means is that they have the right or the authority to run the church. Which I'm, yeah, they, they run the church. There's but, no question about that. But they also, and, and, but that does that, a lot of people f- feel like that me, uh, means they have to agree with what they're doing or that, yeah, there's su- lots of sustain, there, is there's to some, su- sustain is to support, to give material aid to. Right. There's, there's interp- room for interpretation there. But nevertheless, if you answer that question, no. Or you don't get a temple recommend. Depending on Bishop Roulette, right? You, well, no, but you don't get a. Te- you, you, I don't think you can get a temple recommend if you answer that. No, you have you to sort of. It, if you might, it depends on on who's on your bishop or your bishop brick member and your stake presidency member. If you say no, but I'm working on it, they'll probably give it to you. 
again, roulette. There's a little bit okay. of leader roulette there, but okay. at the same time, that's though, a new. That's that's sort of a new concept. Leader roulette, meaning meaning that you you know. I'm not sure everybody on our uh, that's listening well, you has know, heard that term you know before. What roulette, is, Russian like, roulette, right? Like you spin the wheel or you spin. Oh yeah, the, yeah, yeah. Okay, the you know. It, it lands the, on the red, red or black. Yeah, and the ball's going to land where it lands, and it might be lucky, it might not. And so leader roulette is you might have somebody that's a really great leader to work with, right. and, and, and you might not. You right. might see, it, get somebody that it, is ready to, to send you to the gulag. So, right, and in the so case of, <laughs> and in the case of uh, when, you really, when you really come out and ask pointed questions and you're persistent on your principles, what we've seen is that for, for these people who are outspoken— and they and they get contrary with the the leadership it's it's sort of playing leadership russian roulette with a semi-automatic weapon <laughs> which there's no roulette <laughs> yeah there's no right. there's no uh, <clears throat> cylinder to spin right. so you just load it in there and expect the next you just hopefully hope the, the next round won't go off the magazine's it's empty faulty or empty yeah but at the same time it's been said publicly by the current presiding bishop that these funds are managed by revelation. <clears throat> he said that. Well, yeah, and, and and that's been a big deal in the last 50 years because in the what 50s or 60s the church decided not to make its financial statements public. They they brought it all they made it all private. You know, why That's that's a fair question <clears throat> to ask is why why this goes to the government's actions in in the last four years with FASB 56, which Catherine Austin Fitz always wants to bring up, where mm-hmm. they just passed a law through the Congress that just said we don't have to account for this anymore. We don't have right. to tell. We don't have to make this public, and therefore the missing money it will be. Well, let's. It's unknowable uh, how much money is missing yeah, now. And, and, Eighty, 80 trillion dollars, a <laughs> hundred trillion dollars from the federal government. Right. And 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 w- but, one of the questions with Enzyme Peak Advisors is okay. So they discovered Enzyme Peak Advisors. Are there other investment arms? Could there be others? And what else is not being as a you know, as what a, else is being hidden from? As us? a member of the church, are you entitled to know these things? Well, I was told that no, I was not. I'm Who not did in, you ask? Just people on Twitter told oh, me. Okay, that. <clears throat> I was not entitled. Well, they're not authoritative, to know. right? No, of course not. But have you asked your bishop? No, I have not. But I, 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 and again, it comes to the bottom line comes to me is what do we do now? What do we do? And that's the conversation that I, I wish we could have in church. Well, a lot of people. What do we do now that, that it's been, it's been documented that the senior leadership of the church deceived us deliberately? What do, about this particular matter? Well, Isn't think, that something worth re- coming together and reasoning about? Yeah. Or is it just something you just say, oh, well, Mistakes were made. We consider the matter closed. Which of those approaches leads to intellectual and spiritual growth? Uh huh. Or do either of them? A lot of, uh, I, I think we and the listeners here realize that the, the church is going through um, changes and that a lot of people are concerned about what's going on, right? And have been. Right. And, and so. You have a you have a strange situation though, where generally on Sunday you can't really talk about these things because the majority of people there are unaware. They're just attending out of uh, tradition, or or well, that's what they want to do, but they're they're not paying attention to the some of the 
in some of the story, some of the news that shows up. So this has been going on for a long time. So you've reached sort of a watershed moment here yourself. Well, yes and no. I mean, no. So did you just sit down and shut up? No, I, I, well, I kind of do that at certain, in certain, but that's a personal thing that I, you know, and I've spoken to you off, off the record about that. But I think I, this is probably a good place to segue because I think it's related to Naomi Wolf. Okay. And she asks the she says, to, this is her, I'm quoting her. She says, quote, these days, to my surprise, people want to talk to me about evil. Oh, so that's your segue. Well, listen, <laughs> and this is on her Substack. We'll link to it, of course. She's, of course. And she says, she says that, she says, <clears throat> I concluded that had I had looked at the events of the past two and a half years. So she's, She's talking about 2020 to the present. The past two and a half years, using all of my classical education, my critical thinking skills, my knowledge of Western and global history and politics and that, using these tools, I could not explain the years 2020 to present. Right. And remember, she's pretty left, pretty, pretty uh, what we'd call liberal, uh, Democrat, whatever. Right. You know, but, but apparently she's got some principle <laughs> because when she starts telling truth, and gets censored for it, she doesn't just fall in line. She took it personally, and she was pretty upset. I think we linked to her a couple of weeks ago where she right. excoriated the establishment for uh, canceling her. She was angry about being canceled. That was the main thing, but the point was that she had been proven correct about how the the vaccines were affecting women's menstrual cycles mm-hmm. and, and, and people's health in general. In this particular essay, she, she zooms way out, and she looks at you know, I, I, I tweeted this article and I said something like, if I didn't know any better, I'd think Naomi Wolf has been listening to the Mind Virus podcast. Right. But she says, this is not how human history ordinarily operates. I could not explain the way w- the Western world simply switched from being based, at least overtly, on values of human rights and decency to values of death, exclusion, and hatred overnight en masse, without reference to some metaphysical evil that goes above and beyond fallible, blundering human agency. Mm -hmm. That's a big statement. Yeah. And I I really liked her article. I I would just point out to the listeners, uh, if you've listened to me on any of the cosmology stuff, I hold a polytheistic view. This is definitely written from a monotheistic view and that any gods other than the, the mono god are the wrong gods. She... Uh, goes after um, Baal and Asherah from the Old Testament um, as if they were just, uh, had and all, always had only been, um, you know, capricious gods of war and a, a sexual fer- fertility cult type of a thing. And I, and I hold a different opinion on that. I think that the older religion, the godhead of the older religion was uh, more... Joseph Smithian, you know, mm-hmm. father, mother, son at a minimum, daughter, you know, this it more matches up with the Egyptian godhead, and we, and I've talked about that. But the the so you got to as, as I read this, I, I I make a lot of I leave a lot of uh, flexibility here to try to see what she's really saying, which is that we lost our values, right? And uh, she's attributing to these ancient gods 
all the evils, just like the Old Testament writers did, which was, again, in my opinion, a revisionist history, because, oh, and she attributes to the Baal uh, worshippers child sacrifice, right? Yeah. And um, so I'm not in agreement with all of that. I think that those, these evil practices got saddled on the ancient gods when the Deuteronomists switched to this monotheistic, amorphous thing. It, it has to do with the hero's journey. It has to do with the fact that you, the listener, you, Bobby Flood, me, I'm, I'm supposed to be divine in and of myself. That's the essence of Mormonism, right? And then I'm, right. I'm caught in captivity, and I've got to break out, and I've got to ascend to the throne of God, right? Which is only what the gods, it's the purview of the gods, right? So, so to set yourself in that category... Uh, most of Christianity and uh, Judaism believes that's super arrogant and evil that that you would have that Joseph Smith type of a idea that that you you can do that. So if you read this, uh, and I hope you'll read it, uh, that's my opinion. Uh, how I would want to modify the narrative there because we can't just attribute child sacrifice and and rampant sexual behavior to all of the ancients in a in a blanket manner sure right because then it, it changes our understanding of the cosmos and what's going on but her her big point is that the ancient uh evils have come back the that there, there there was something good about something stable in Western Christianity. And, and there's a lot of holes in that whole thing. I mean, you've sure, got sure. wars upon wars, right, Christianity, at, the, like the Catholic said, Church. At least these societies, Western civilization was at least overtly founded on and, and held to these principles. And there was stability based on, on these principles, right. like... like um, monogamous marriages or right and family or, or the fact that you shouldn't commit adultery or right. the 10 kind of the 10 the commandments, 10 commandments and stuff, stuff yeah. laid out in the declaration of yeah. independence and the constitution right free free press not free telling speech, lies not telling not honesty. bearing false witness right right and and also not stealing your neighbor's stuff also looking out for and helping vulnerable people like kids like sick people like the elderly right protecting them from things that they shouldn't see too early in their lives or right. give, giving them a childhood. You know, These are all the types of things I think that are encaps- encapsulated in what she's really saying. And I, I, I'm not <laughs> enthused about how she attributes that to the ancient gods, but it, it makes sense. But I think she's onto something in the, in the sense that there is a supernatural element to what we're living through right now. Absolutely, absolutely. And Which so, we've talked about. And so if you take, if you take a, a view of the ancient um, apostasies as that, in, uh, as such that the uh, the evil ones were able to modify all those forms of worship into the depravity that she talks about because you have evil good gods you have you have good gods of light and you have evil gods working against us we, mm-hmm. we battle against principalities powers dominions right. uh, spiritual wickedness spiritual witness, in wickedness high in high places. places yeah that's that's such an uh, so important I, phrase so anyway I just want to throw that out there up front as you expound upon this because of course, I have to throw that out there. <laughs> no, I, and, I, and when I, you, I can't remember, did you send, I sent this to you, right? You sent it to me and said you thought it'd be a great, um, jumping off point, <laughs> a great, a great topic for the podcast. And then you continued to, uh, uh, dunk yourself in, uh, the SEC filing well, stuff. And yeah. I remember a lot of texts about that this week. <laughs> she says related. <laughs> 
she says in this essay, Naomi Wolf says, institutions turned overnight into negative mirror images of themselves with demonic policies replacing what had been at least on the surface angelic ones. Human history change is not that lightning fast. The perception of the rollout, the unanimity of mass delusion cannot, in my view, this is still Naomi Wolf, mm-hmm. cannot, in my view, be explained fully by psychology, not even as a mass formation. And she goes on to list other kind of mass hysterias. Yeah. And how this is, this, and, and, and we've talked about this a lot. She's right. Almost overnight, we went from, hey, there's this virus, to society in every country in the world just about yeah shutting down and having us all under the same under the same phraseology the same kind of propaganda mm-hmm. we were all locked, basically locked down and well, and I know that varied and others people are going to be like we never had true lockdowns <laughs> but the world shut down that's an undeniable fact yeah on okay? average yeah <clears throat> and we were told to do it under strange uh, phraseology like stay home, stay safe, or uh, we're all in this together, or good global citizen, yeah. or, uh, uh, you know, together alone, or alone together, which was an amazing one, because alone is just alone. Right. <laughs> and together is together. Right. And, and in that time, then you had, there's countless horror stories of people who, weren't able to be at the, the bedside of their dying parents or uh, had their children, had newborn babies whisked away from them uh, as soon as they were born and, and isolated. And, and, and you know, if, if you're a parent, or especially if you're a mother out there, you know the importance of that initial contact with infant and mother, and that was denied people. Old people died alone in nursing homes and hospital rooms surrounded by masked, gloved, hazmat suit strangers they were given uh, what she calls this is uh, and i'd heard this before she says she says uh, uh let me just read her words she says human beings using their own resources alone could not have turned hospitals overnight from having been places in which hundreds of staff members were collectively devoted to the care of the infirm the prolongation of human life the cherishing of newborns the helping of mothers to care for little ones, the support of the disabled, into killing factories in which the elderly were, res- were prescribed, run, death is near, and then in parentheses, remdesivir, at scale. And it was. Remember the hospitals? We were, we were told that we needed to lock down and slow the spread so that we wouldn't overwhelm the hospitals. Meanwhile, hospitals were far below capacity, and there were countless videos of nurses doing coordinated dance routines, which I think were a lot of those were PR stunts. The people in them were not nurses, or at least some of the people were not nurses, but actually PR weirdos, dancers that were, some of them were highly produced with drones and clearly edited and rehearsed. And Mm -hmm. I think that those were like demonic rituals. rituals. These, These were people literally dancing on the dead. And I, I found them repulsive, mm-hmm. as did a lot of people at the time. And yet there were dozens of, if not, you know, multiple dozens of them. Anyway, I think she's really on to something that there was this, the, the, 
the the she seems somewhat resistant to resistant to the idea that there's an a coordinated oligarchic uh conspiracy <clears throat> well yeah but it, yes and then at the same time she kind of acknowledges that that coordinated oligarchic conspiracy are demons and the well, devil only, and well, yeah, the but you evil. Bought, yeah, but she's not okay. Where where is she? Where where is? Uh, I think maybe her the point, World Health Organization and the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, right? And, and, all that and maybe her point though is that these forces. What uh, about Event Two Hundred One, where they practiced it? Right. You know, and, and I and I don't think I don't think we can just say these forces were unleashed in this in March twenty twenty. I you know yeah, evil's well, been listen, out there, and these forces well, listen, of darkness, these the spiritual wickedness in high places, has been working constantly for all time i i agree with you and her that the evil is behind it right the evil beings the the spiritual evil yeah, beings like, they're the ones that are behind it and they like are good, ancient they are ancient forces just for like sure. the powers of light real light yeah that gets manifested through people and yeah. the powers of darkness get manifested through people yeah you know, there's a phrase that comes to mind about buying up armies and navies false priests who oppress pharmaceutical companies and uh Politicians are also purchased. And institutions. Yeah. And, and I don't think any institution is, is immune. I don't think any individual, because ultimately everything that happens in human history comes down to individuals making decisions. Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, institutions are just the, people. And That's that just groups a, of people. That is the great uh, epic struggle between good and evil <clears throat> manifest in the choices of mankind, the agency Par- of mankind. Paraphrasing Jordan, Jordan Peterson, he says that everybody has the capacity to be a monster. Mm-hmm. Goodness and virtue comes from recognizing that and then not becoming mm-hmm. a monster. Yeah. Well, I, I think she's, she's got a lot of great uh, things to consider in the article. And... I think we've seen periods in human history where people changed pretty quickly. I think World War II, the lead up to World War II and the Nazis was a pretty quick change in Germany, you know, but it was, it was like 10 years, right? The, this, uh, she's right that the speed of the shift in society in, in 2020 to 2022 was very fast, but the Book of Mormon warns us of this. You know, mm-hmm. in not so many years, the people right. who were once righteous now became wicked. That's something that has happened. It's just that n- now we have a, a very connected global society, soundbite. Uh, everybody's programmed by their social media, by and, their phones, and whatever. stories like news stories come and go so fast that yeah. if you if you don't if if you if you tune out for three days, you miss fifty ground shattering stories potentially right, i mean yeah. it's it's possible you know if you were out of town you may not even know anything about like the the train derailments not or just the nord the, stream pipeline being blown up by right u.s intelligence and there's agencies been and the other Biden there's been other train derailments not just the there were several not just the one in ohio that yeah. spilled toxic waste everywhere and they blew up on purpose and we keep seeing attacks on on power stations and, and food, uh, food processing plants, uh, refineries and stuff like that. Right. There's, there's that it would appear that if all of these dots are connected, right. If you put the sticky notes and the yarn all over the map, you would think that maybe this is, maybe there's a concerted effort. It goes back to Moriarty. To destroy the United States. <laughs> yeah. And then, but then in it, you look at the cultural rot that's happening. This, the, the, the complete nonsense being pushed about, gender and sexuality and uh, mental health and 
the nature of man and the nature of, of what it means to be human, both feminine and masculine, is being completely erased and inverted and mm-hmm. corrupted and all of this stuff. It's like, it's not just one thing, right? Remember in the, like, the 90s when we were teenagers, it was like, oh, rap music has swear words. <laughs> and that dominated for years, right? Like yeah. there was legislation and parental guidance labels and things. And yeah. it was like, that was the evil of our time. And now it's like, church has swear words in it. Like, <laughs> you, you know, not, maybe not your church, but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I saw a, a pastor, a clip from a pastor wearing a, what's the vestments that a pastor might wear? Like a, a shawl that goes around his shoulders. Does it have a name? You've seen them. Like, uh, you yeah, see it especially. A mantle? In, you, see, you see it especially in like, uh, maybe like Catholic? Anglican or Catholic, where they have a rose, but then they have like a, almost a little scarf that goes around. I think theirs have a name. But this pastor, he was wearing a suit, but he had one of these on, and it was rainbow colored. And he was giving a speech or a, a sermon about how God is transgender. He's non-gender. He's male. He's female. He's gay. He's straight. He's lesbian. All of these things. He's just basically saying, God's whatever you want it to be. And I found it, you know, I found it yet another little data point in the signs of our times that we're living in. And this, what Corona Circus authors called the age of acceleration. I think that's what they call it. Or a, I and, think the scarf is called a stole. Okay. <clears throat> anyway. And you're talking about the big long one that hangs yeah, down? Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Naomi, Naomi's really onto something here. Naomi Wolf is onto something in that there's spiritual wickedness in high places. And what are, the, what, what are those high places? Well, you name it, right? And she goes on to talk about different examples, like the Grammys and like the that tunnel, the the railroad tunnel opening that I think we talked about a couple of years ago. It's just weird. Super uh, demonic imagery of this dancing and singing at a ceremony to open up a tunnel, which is very symbolic. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's in I think it's it's in Avengers, right, where the the evil invading forces come through portals in the right, sky right. and. Yeah. I think that that's real, not the Avengers version, but I think that it's, I think you can summon evil into this world. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw something recently where a statue was torn down and in its replace, it was replaced with what looks like a, some sort of old school, you know, Old Testament, ancient demon statue with horns. Really? And, and, and these are being put into normal places in our society where we would normally have a statue of maybe a, a person that was influential in that area or something symbolic like, uh, you know, I don't know, a mother and a child that's being replaced with a demon eating the child or something. Really? Well, I, I'm not speaking. Uh, You're I don't, just seeing I'm that just seeing sort of that thing sort of happening. The, the thematics of all of this, the, <clears throat> the underlying uh, motifs are, are definitely more and more demonic dark. and dark and i think that's what she's getting at here and in, in her kind of well she's point. right that it happened really fast and and <clears throat> uh, what i think it shows is though though is that society had been hollowed out pre- in preparation for it right like um i'm just reminded of this uh, quote from uh, marge simpson it was one of the future episodes where lisa was president or something like that and, mm-hmm. and marge and homer are at home watching tv and she says, well, Homer, Fox became a hardcore porn channel so slowly no one noticed. <laughs> right. Think, I think you've said in the past, things happen slowly and then suddenly. 
Yeah. And I think we're living through the suddenly part of the collapse of Western civilization. I don't think that's hyperbole. I think that over time, and you can go back to wherever, whatever, you know, data point you choose. But I think, I think that the sixties were sort of another time of acceleration, right? So post-World War II, uh, and then the 60s and 70s maybe and then well the set, that that was a little more organic like people were really re- rebel, rebelling against the Vietnam War and i <clears throat> right, i watched you, Forrest Gump the other day which uh-huh. is not necessarily historically accurate in fact it's really funny how they sure? insert him into everything he didn't invent the smiley face sticker well i he did discover the watergate um <laughs> yeah he did guys. <laughs> and he also came up with that uh, phrase uh Bleep happens. That was him. Yeah, so most happens. of it's yeah. historically. It's accurate. mostly historically accurate. Yeah. <laughs> and he and Bubba Gump he was Shrimp. A, he, he was definitely a, a football star at Alabama. <laughs> um, for Nick Saban. <laughs> actually, no, I, actually, they portray him playing for the great Bear Bryant. But yeah, go on. Right. Uh, anyway, it's fun because it makes you think about what was going on, and you know, as as they show the great um, Vietnam protests. You, you realize they have gone to great lengths to limit who can protest. Like it used to be more organic. You could get to the nation's capital. I, I think they learned from some of those protests and we've had a clamping down of the oligarchy. And now you have like artificial stuff like the Maidan revolution in Ukraine or the Black Lives Matter right, riots. Which, which, by the way, was... Or the Antifa riots. Trump, Trump, Trump just caused came, that? No, no Trump <laughs> okay. just came out and said, you know, Obama administration caused or fueled Maidan. Really? Yeah. Okay. I, I only saw a little bit about that, but... Yeah, well, that's inter- an interesting... Again, you look at the Ukraine on fire. Yeah. If he's, yeah. he's going to shed light on that, I think it's going to get over um, overshadowed by the war itself. I mean, maybe they'll try to pull out of it, but it, it just seems like the die has already been cast. Well, they want, they want war. It seems they, like they meaning do. the, I think the West, especially. I don't really know what Putin's motivations are. Yeah. Zelensky's out there scolding the U.S. for not giving him more money and saying, you're going to cause World War III if you don't give us more money. Right. He, he, is, he is beyond the pale. He has become a, an evil cartoon villain, and yet mm-hmm. we— People you know, love him over Biden here. was over there. <laughs> yeah, hugging him. It's strange. No, it's very strange. But it, it does look like we're going to war. I just don't want to guarantee it. It just is like— Well, right. Like, you, but, it, <clears throat> but it seems like we, it just seems like we're headed there. But if the society was hollowed out, you know, and, and um, essentially set up for the rug pull, so to speak, maybe we are witnessing the rug pull right now. This, these last couple of years, you, it's hard when you're living through it. The gradually is easy, right? Because it's just on and on and on and on. But when you're living through the suddenly... That could take a few years. Yeah, I think that... Suddenly in world history terms is a couple of years, five years. Right. You had periods of sort of acceleration, like you talked about, 60s, 70s. The 80s and 90s were st- stable years. The economy grew. Yes, there was wars, some, some smaller conflicts, right? Well, the 2010, was- uh, 2000 to 2018 was pretty stable. You just had the financial crisis <clears throat> and, and 9-11 stuff, but it was still pretty... It was... I don't think it for was... For Americans, it was pretty stable. Stable, maybe, I think, maybe that's not the right word. I think, because I think since 2000, things have been speeding up. But we were able to sort of paper over a lot of these things that were happening with 
a stock market that kept bouncing back right. or, or, you know, um, home ownership or whatever metric you want to talk about. But if you, in hindsight, you look at it and say, well, under, under the, behind the scenes, you know, you had under, under the uh, covers <laughs> behind the scenes, you had rot, you had the expansion of the surveillance state mm-hmm. and uh, the, the erosion of privacy and also the, the, the acceleration in the, the sort of dismissal of any, any uh, moral guidelines, you know, sexual morality and roles of gender. And I mean, you look at like feminism, traditional feminism went from, hey, women deserve equal rights as men to now becoming sort of like the pinnacle is there's no such thing as woman and men Mm -hmm. can be women and then take women's opportunities away from them. And that's now feminism is men pretending to be women and taking things away from women. And obviously, yeah, it's absurd. And and that's playing out really visibly in sports, but in just the culture in general, like you have men dressing up like women, okay, calling themselves transgender and then defining what it means to be a woman and then mansplaining with a wig and makeup on to real women, biological women telling them they can't be mad about this. You can't be mad about this. (laughs) And under the rules that they've created, if you want to play by those rules, they're right. You can't be mad about it because you, do, you agreed to these nonsensical rules. Mm-hmm. And so all this stuff sort of in the 2000s and 2010s was under, mm-hmm. was kind of, was an undercurrent. And then it's like 2020, mm-hmm. everything, Break everything. Loose, yeah. All hell broke loose. Yeah, literally. Which is basically what Naomi Wolf I think, is saying yeah, yeah, here. Literally, all hell broke loose. Well, you know what? Actually, I don't know if it was all hell. I think things could get much, much, much worse. I, I agree. I agree. And we, you mentioned the word current. We have multiple currents converging here, I think. You have a cyclical generational current that's converging, a fourth turning. We've talked about that before. We've referenced the Strauss and Howe book uh, on uh, generations and the fourth turning. Um, and the, and the basic idea is that essentially there is nobody left that remembers the last big conflagra- conflagration, which was World War II. Mm-hmm. And that is pretty much a fact. Even if you look at members of the Quorum of the Twelve, we were looking at this, uh, recently, isn't it like there's only four or five of them that are, that were born before the war and all the new guys were born in the fifties? Bednar's uh, from the fifties. I haven't looked at that specifically but was it not you that i was talking about that uh, we were talking i i brought up that i brought up that i think there's five left that were uh, unnamed because they they wasn't signed individually but um signees of the proclamation yeah but their their ages sort of factor into this like uh ballard was born in uh 28 holland in 1940 uchtdorf and then uh, Quentin Cook in 40, but everybody else is born after the war. Yeah. Uh, Christofferson being the the oldest. Just using that as a good example, because these are the leaders. These are like the leaders of the society. And in, in, in um, politics, you know, like the, the in the church leadership, it's, they're fairly old. Mm-hmm. But in politics, well, well I the, guess you've got Nancy Pelosi, who's like ancient, but... Yeah, and Biden's in his 80s. Yeah, but but most of these people don't the, remember the, the war. The movers and shakers are all... They're all younger. They're traditional 
baby boomers. Now, boomer has been a ruined term to yeah. mean anybody older than a teenager, basically. But they're, but yeah. they're the they're the original the original baby boomers are are in their sixties, seventies now and are in positions of authority in every major yeah, institution the, the in the agents, world. The agents that actually have power, the catalysts, the people that are, catalysts is maybe not the right word, but the people who actually have the ability to affect um, outcomes or the direction, they don't, they are not, they don't remember right. the, the terrible situation. You know, they, they just don't have a, uh, an actual memory of what happened. And if you haven't spent a lot of time talking to somebody who lived through World War II, you probably don't even have, because most people don't even have an inkling. I don't know. Do you, do you have grandparents that you spoke to about the war? Um, no, my, my grandpa didn't qualify to fight in the war because okay. he had polio. Okay. But, he, but he, he shares stories about it. And he, he, he went on a mission to Paris, France, really? after the war, if I'm remembering my timeline. And saw a lot of the aftermath. My, my grandfather was there uh, on D-Day. He went on in on D-Day plus three mm-hmm. and um, witnessed the whole thing. And I, I remember as a kid, that was a big deal for him, being in part of the 2nd Indian Head Division, um, having participated in the war, been at the, at the Battle of the Bulge. You know, he had, he had dark stories that he wouldn't talk about. Mm-hmm. And, and he... For some reason, was when I was a kid, I was into that stuff, uh, you know, because we glorify war. There were Especially just, World War II. World War II was very, just tons and tons of movies, tons of literature about it. Um, anyway, I wrote a, bi- a little biography about him when I was a kid. We, we got some video of him telling the story. So it was, it was on my mind. And, mm-hmm. and the stuff that got snuck in there by grandma was like, yeah, and I was here at home and we had to ration rubber and yeah. tinfoil and buying, gasoline and war had bombs. to have a ration card. And, you know, I got to drive a car because I had a, an important job, but you know, the, 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 ty- the, the type of changes to the economy that occurred during the war and never really brought up. Mm-hmm. It's always just the glory of the, the warriors on the battlefield. Right. But back on the home front, everything changed. There weren't a lot of cars produced. I, I don't think any of the big three made any cars from 42 to 45. Yeah, they were because making... Because they were making B-17s yeah, and B-24s. And tanks and yeah. Jeeps. Yeah. And uh, people don't factor that in when they glorify war and they think, yeah, we're just going to go after them. The government will take command control of everything. We interred, we put into internment camps Japanese Americans for years. Yeah, there was a, and there was a, at least one, if not a couple of, of those internment camps here in Utah. I grew up near the location of one. And yeah. you can still see, like, they don't really want us Known about it. They don't it. want to talk about it. There, so you, are, there are commemorative can, you, markers. You can but, find some commemorative markers that are kind of out there in the middle of nowhere, and they would rather you just forget. Right. And, and the next time they inter people, it's not going to be based on your uh, ethnic heritage. It will be based on your Facebook yeah, your and ideology. internet. Your, it will be based on your internet activity over the last 20 years. Let's keep remember that it was, it were, this, these were American citizens that had Japanese descent. They were Japanese Americans. These weren't Japanese prisoners of war or something that were shipped out over yeah, here. They were just people these who were, were your like, neighbors. Yeah, these were just people who lived here that ha- had ancestors right. from Japan. Right. 
and Japanese names. Well, so so I, I'm kind of got. I'm, I'm not really off in the weeds. I think it's important context. But so we have a generational problem in that we don't remember what happened before. So we're we're ripe for that. We're right. we're in a we're in the the fourth industrial revolution, right? Or we've been through the third. We're we're in it. We're in an, an an age of high technology where all the barriers for communication have been broken down. Everything's instantaneous. We've talked also about the fact that we are in a literal new age. We went from the age of Pisces to Aquarius. And so you have all of that energy. Those currents are converging. And there's just a general sense of apocalypse, meaning end times or Mm -hmm. eschatos. Apocalypse is more, of course, means the, the word in Greek means unveiling, which is why the book of Revelation is so titled in English. But for everybody... The word apocalypse has taken on this destruction type of a, a meaning because the book of Revelation, John the Beloved's vision, shows the eschatos, the the end times, and the eschatological war, and there's great destru- destruction, right? So, so that gets—that's on everybody's mind. And is it because it just makes for good theater, or is it because it's— in the air, like Dr. Wolf asserts, you know, evil has come back. You know, the, 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 the epic battle is on in earnest right now. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I, think, I think that's right. I think the battle is... How can it not be? Escalating. Right? I mean, that's the, that's the promise of prophecy and scripture and kind of the, the end times canon. And um, we, we know it's not going to be pretty. Yeah. And the I problem think- is, a, a lot of people, I, I, I'll, I'll talk about this. You, you want to talk about end time topics. You want to talk about mysterious things or important things, right? At church or with people that supposedly share your, your well, beliefs, right? And, the, and, and there's so many people that shy away from it. There's so many people that are like, well, I don't want to get into that. Or, or I'm just going to run towards the blast. Or, or when the Lord comes, it's going to be quick. They don't. They don't. They don't think about how this plays out over a decade or two decades. Or yeah, you know, she, it's it's not the it's not the coming of the Lord. It's the events leading up to it. Naomi that are Wolf says dramatic. Now, and she's Jewish, and so she approaches this from Jewish, but she from a Jewish perspective. But she says even Christian history does not have a promise that God can never withdraw. Though these darker or more power or more wrathful warnings seem less often taught from many pulpits these days than they used to be taught in our Puritan past, Jesus himself warned his followers about the dire consequences of amoral behavior, the serious dangers of being whited sepulchers, of neglecting or hurting the poor, or of bringing children to harm. Like, she acknowledges that this isn't being talked about a lot in in any meaningful way. Yeah, he bring, she brings up Jonathan Kahn, right? Is that the guy? Yeah, and, and, then, and I, I think I've heard some of Who's his stuff. Who's a messianic stuff. Jew. I think I've heard some of his stuff. Yeah, again, I think this is all very interesting and important. It's just if, if, we, if we throw out the baby with the bathwater, the other gods, the, the hosts of heaven, the good gods, we're going to miss the narrative. We're going to misunderstand who we really are. But to, to recognize that principally... Uh, ver- based on virtue or whatever, as a society, we've stepped back. You know that that's super important, and that is a typical uh, thing associated. You know, an attribute associated with the end times is that uh, there'll be perilous times. Men men will be lovers of their own souls. You know, they'll lack 
uh, empathy and natural compassion or whatever it is. I can't remember. Is that Second Timothy? But um, I guess I'm going to go look for it. I think it's, yeah, I think you're right. She, you know, and towards the end of her article, she talks about these different, yeah, here's the statue I was talking about. A statue has been erected to honor the late Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, yeah. Inexplicably, it has horns and tentacles. And you can see in the picture she has, it's next to one of these more classical kind of Roman statues. And it's like, the contrast is really stark. And if you come from a Judeo-Christian tradition, you can look at this statue that's supposed to honor Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and you look at it and say, that's... That looks like something out of a, uh, you know, a, an Old Testament era. It's an idol. You know, idol or some kind of relic someone would find in a movie that had dark powers associated with it. Or yeah, I've seen it. The the ram horns. The uh, what are those arms? Are those those arms are tentacles? Tentacles. Yeah. And so yeah, instead see, of arms, a, uh, it's just tentacles, and then curled ram horns. Obviously, a feminine figure with some sort of decoration on the chest. Now listen, you would see in Egypt good iconography, good symbols oh, yeah. like iconography, you know what I mean. Where, yeah. but but what they would do is they would depict Hathor as the cow with horns. The horn, the cow has horns. That's a natural thing. They don't depict her as a goddess with that. They would just put a sun disc on her head, or they would put right. uh, a crown on her head, or something, or feathers. You know, so it's not. They're take they're they're perverting right thoroughly changing to pervert that's what it means in Latin to to thoroughly change, and, and they're adopting s- certain uh, symbols for their own nefarious purposes here. You know that 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 uh, statue is highly symbolic, for sure, and horns can have a good uh, interpretation. But what what they've done there just looks it looks bad. Like you said, it looks like the a dark idol out of a sci-fi mm-hmm. ancient sci-fi movie or something. But here's the here's the Timothy three. Um Second Timothy three. Second Timothy three, yeah. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, of money. They'll be boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited. They love pleasure more than God. They have a form of godliness, but deny its power. Don't have anything to do with those people, is what it says. But um, that, that has occurred in all ages, but the, but the sense of it, and I think this is what Dr. Wolf is saying, is it's engulfing our society in a yeah. really big way. That used to be, that's the, that's the main really virtuous point and really smart and good thing that she's trying to say is like our society used to value the opposite. It used to value obedience to parents, you know, uh, not abusing, or at least we didn't talk about it, or at least we tried to avoid it or, or, or you know, not abuse kids. Right. Now, now we're telling them they should change their gender. It's it, we've institutionalized child abuse. Right. Right. Well, we did uh, that with COVID. I mean, the, the putting kids in masks and isolating them, it, even in the classrooms, you remember pictures of like these little pods and yeah, taking their social life away from them. That was abuse. Right. Proud and boastful. We used to say that that was, um, you know, don't, don't be, don't be like that. Right. It's better to be more... Yeah, narcissism uh, used to be a vice instead of a virtue. Yeah, it used to be like, hey, at least have a little self-control. We all know you're great, whatever. But now 
now the idea is we'll come out and say you're gay or you're trans and, and that you're proud of it or that you're black and you're proud or, you know, and I, I don't, again, I'm not uh, saying you shouldn't be proud if you're black and proud of it. The point is that like, like one of the things that Kanye West brought up on the Alex Jones thing, which everyone's castigated him and Jones right. for talking well, about this stuff is that, is that they told, um, that he was, he was arguing that these extra, um, societal forces, these outside forces had come in and told the black people what to say, say it, you're proud, you're black, you know, you're whatever. And they made a big deal out of it. And they, he was trying to say they created the race war rather than them being proud of their other achievements or, you know, uh, I think he had some really good points about how the, the, they, the, the, that group at large had lost their identity largely because they had been um, sucked in by, by a lot of these mm-hmm. trite sound bites that, that were pressed upon them, and then they were told that they were oppressed. Right. And rather than lifting themselves up, they just became oppressed because they were told they were oppressed. Right. And uh, did you see the, the Scott Adams-Dilbert uh, controversy thing? A little over bit, the week? yeah. That's, that's unusual. Uh, he knew what he was doing. Well, he had to. He's, he's obviously very wealthy and can withstand the fact that his... Maybe he wants his. Maybe he wanted his uh, cartoon taken out of those newspapers. I, I, I kind of got the impression he's a, he's an interesting. It's a good way to get out of a contract, right? He's an interesting character, and he really bought in hard to the COVID stuff. He was terrified, and he made fun of and mocked all the people who said masks don't work, the vaccines don't work, and then he mocked and and made fun of them when it was pretty much proven that those people were right. He said, well, you just got lucky. It was, mm-hmm. He's going through something, I think. If you Yeah, he's, base he's, this, struggling, if to, you, he's struggling to voice the changes right. that are going on in his and head. If you, and if you base it only on his Twitter feed, I don't know the guy, obviously. and I've listened to his podcast here and there, but he, he said what he said, and, and his point is fair. I think he, he probably took it into a direction that well, made I don't think easily... That, first of all, I don't think the Rasmussen poll is accurate. I think well, that... Right. It, I don't think that really that that because uh, the the poll was that the, the question 20, was twenty six percent of black people said it's not okay to be white and twenty one percent said it was un they were unsure right. but that's a, that's got to be a bad poll I really don't I I really believe that the majority of uh, people of any race or color or whatever have uh, good positive feelings I think right. they pulled they they the, their sample or whatever was off I don't yeah probably the question was. It's okay to, is it okay to be white? And then, of course, obviously, it's okay to be whatever you were born because well, you that's, can't, you can't, you, you can't control yeah, any of that. We know that. That's what we were brought up and in then, schools. And, and so his take or his, his reaction was get away from black people. And that's the soundbite. I haven't listened to the full clip in the context. He's out there saying, I knew this would happen, you know, the cancellation. And maybe this is, well, he, he called him a hate group. Yeah. Maybe this is the way he wanted to retire this comic strip Dilbert. Mm-hmm. And maybe he just wanted to go out throwing bombs. I don't know, but he's going through something. I, I found, I have found him over the last several months, like more and more like erratic in his statements. And, and, uh, so I, I don't know. I wish him the best in health and whatever, but, um, I think Dilbert's probably run its course anyway. Uh, because again, a comic strip is only as good as the author. And if the author isn't funny or witty anymore, I don't know. We'll see, I guess. But 
again, it's just a, just another. Well, corporate America's kind but, of destroyed. What all, right. all the tropes are, all, all the all the situations are just evolving. Nowadays. Yeah, now 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 he can't have an office interaction because people are just working from home. Right, and there's really no work going on at home anyway. It's it's like it's not funny because it's just accurate. Right. It's it, 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 it's not the norm, uh, the exception. It's the norm. Well, and and it was just another. And I think he baited he baited the the cancel mob, you know. And they and they of course took the bait. For sure. Um, in the end, here, Naomi Wolf says, she says, what feels intuitive to me is that God is at the limit of His patience with us, and He has said, "Okay, you want to do it yourself, do it yourself." And he let us go. And that this, this is still her, the absence of the protection of our God, the ascendancy of a realm on earth of us doing it all ourselves, regarding ourselves, worshiping ourselves. This sounds a lot like Second Timothy 3. Uh, whoring after only human works, releasing ourselves from all lawful constraints, embracing all lusts and all obedience to non-divine authorities, rejecting mercy, celebrating all narcissisms, treating children like animals whom we own, treating the family like a battlefield, treating the churches and synagogues as marketing platforms. This is indeed, this may indeed be what hell itself looks like. Amen, sister. Yeah, she, she you know, and she's right on, on point. Now, now I would, I would uh, throw in a little wrinkle into that, like, uh, because it sort of presumes that God was with us before. Well, and I what sure. I see is that is that this this is just evidence that the the loyalty test that was set up to determine whether people were going to follow follow Jesus or or Lucifer in reality that that is drawing to a close. That this is one of those things that's been prophesied that this the that before the test wraps up, before the eschatos, before the end, this will be the type of condition that occurs. And it doesn't mean that America was virtuous in every action just sure. because we were great. And you know, she the doesn't, Roman, she the doesn't Ro- make that, that argument. But it sort of implies that, that somehow we had God's protection with Western society and now we've lost it. Western well, society has gone through hell and back sure. in the last 2,000 years. Too. But I, I still agree with her. Her underlying foundation is that the West had that underlying foundation of decency and sort of Judeo-Christian values, right? Sort of like the Book of Mormon, and I know there's interpretations, but the Book of Mormon, keep my commandments, you shall prosper in the land. I don't, I don't think we're keeping the commandments. And you can see different ways that there's not, and it's not just, it's not right. just society, money re- prosper, right? right? There, there are certain there are certain norms that society needs to respect, or certain rights, or 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 uh, right. And ideas I don't think the the West, the U.S. in order to have a stable society, the West, and really the Earth in general. I, there's very few there's very few uh, societies out there that are prospering. Like to me, prosper means healthy. You're a healthy society with healthy people. Not just physically, but I mean just spiritually and mentally and emotionally healthy people that are doing normal, healthy things of living their lives, raising their families, doing all the the normal stuff we like to do. Mm -hmm. Yes, there's economic implications there, but the, the, you know, remember Back to the Future 2 when Biff had the the book, the the Mm -hmm. almanac? Yep, the sports almanac. He prospered. Mm -hmm. He had lots of money, but his alternative 1985 was hell. Right. Because he owned everything and was just this, he just, so 
Biff was the oligarchy. Well, Biff, Biff was, yeah. <laughs> Which makes it a monarchy. So that isn't, that's, you could say, well, Biff prospered because look at the way he grew his investment funds. Right. But was he really prospering? Was that society really the prospering? The twinkle in your eye pros- there. Prospering. So I don't think this, can, this, this, can, this society we're living through now is not a prosperous one in any no. of the meaningful ways. No. And so, right. And you're right that this was never, it was, was never like, oh, we have God protecting right. us. We're- now we don't. It was always, you're on your own if you choose to be. And now I think what she's saying, and I... And maybe what I'm saying is we as a society have collectively said, we want to do this on our own, God. Thank you very much. There's the exit. And the institutions that used to at least make a half-hearted effort to include Judeo-Christian values and God are denying that. Even churches and hospitals, places, you know, how many hospitals out there are called Saint something you know, they're, they're church-oriented, or at least were at some point. You know, we have LDS Hospital here in, the, in, in Utah. You have St. Andrews, St. Mark's. There's all these different hospitals that were founded on either by religions or churches and founded on religious principles of taking care of people, right? That's all going out the door. And that's, I think that's her big point. I think, again, <laughs> I've mentioned this so many times, there's significance to Moroni dropping his trumpet in an earthquake mm-hmm. in March 2020 in Salt Lake City because that trumpet symbolizes truth being proclaimed to the world. Right. Moroni brought... Why do we have Moroni on the temples with the trumpet? You know, now not all the Moronis have trumpets, by the way, and not all the temples have Moronis, but... Mm. What is it? What is the trumpet? You know, the book of Revelations, right, talks about angels with trumpets. What is that? What's that symbolic of, Jordan Bruno? Well, <laughs> the, or, the, we have typically we have typically thought that it means that we have a message to give to the world, right? Or that the angel has a message to give, and and the church embodies that message, right? But if you want the technical definition from Revelation, it's a war trumpet. It's calling it's calling the forces to war. So I'm not sure if that's what you're expecting. Well, it's calling the, he- yeah. the heavenly host to war. It's an announcement. Yeah. It, the, the trumpet announce uh, is a symbolic of proclamations, right? Right. Of an angel bringing truth or announcements or mm-hmm. introducing the Lord. Well, then angel dropped it. I've, mm-hmm. had, I've seen people speculate that what we're living through might be the half hour of silence spoken of in Revelations. Mm-hmm. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a type Maybe it's the five minutes of silence or something. <laughs> but I think that Naomi Wolf's onto something. I think we've been onto something in our, our two plus years of this podcast that there, there are forces there's always are a, in play. Right. There's always a tug of war between good and evil. And Mosiah chapter 29 uh, is when the, the uh, sons of Mosiah don't want to take the kingship, right? And so they set up the, Mosiah sets up this. Um, reign of the judges, a, a, a rule by judges and by uh, democratic elections for the, for the leadership of the people, for who was going to lead the people. And uh, he says to the people, he says, um, a ri- an unrighteous king can really create a lot of problems. And, and he goes on, he says, we're going to set up laws that were given by our fathers, which are correct. And 
he says, it's not common that the voice of the people desires anything contrary to that which is right, but it's common for the lesser part of the people to desire that which is not right. Therefore, this ye shall observe and make it your law. Do your business by the voice of the people. And if the time comes that the voice of the people choose iniquity, then the judgments of God will come upon you. And so you always have, because we're dealing with society, it's it's uh, not just one person, right? So if the majority of society is generally good, then you're going to have generally good outcomes and generally be prospered by God. I think and that's what I think Naomi Wolf is really saying. It's very compatible with this Book of Mormon idea. But if not, then uh, the judgments of God will come upon you if the voice of the people, the majority of the people, begin to choose iniquity. That's the time that the judgments of God come upon you. And that's that has occurred cyclically. So she... She that that was one of my problems again with the article is it seems like she's lumping all of Western society into this really positive <laughs> light that it it doesn't deserve. But it was at least founded on those things, yeah, yeah, on those we, ideals. But we've been through the cycle. Many, oh, sure, we've been through the cycle many times. And I would I would modify King Mosiah's statement here, which is interesting that I would feel so inclined to uh, take issue with something <laughs> someone so illustrious as this guy, but. I would say, yeah, it's not common that the voice of the people desires things that are contrary to that which is right, meaning the majority of people. Generally, the majority of people will latch on to good, positive things. And and yes, it is common for a smaller portion of the people to uh, be engaged in perversion and, and, and iniquity, et cetera, et cetera. But... I would say that he says, if the time comes... I would modify and say, when the time comes, it is inevitable in the cyclical nature, and that's what the Book of Mormon teaches, it's inevitable that the, eventually the voice of the people will choose wickedness, mm-hmm. and then the comeuppance occurs. Then you have to pay the piper. Then the right. judgments of God occur. And so that's the problem, is that there is no really good solution in this in this uh, fallen world, the entropic world. Yes, the best form of government would be a righteous king, a godly king. Okay, that's just the way it is to have someone that could anticipate and judge appropriately the society like the Lord, that would be the ideal society. And since that always leads to a a generational dynastic type of a (laughs) destructive environment, right, a catastrophe, uh, a degradation, corruption, whatever, that... Mosiah is very wise here, giving them their voice. But again, that only lasted like 121 years mm-hmm. until the society devolved into tribes because secret combinations had crept in. The Amalekiah episode, the wars in Alma with between Moroni and Amalekiah came up, and then Amaron, Amalekiah's brother, they came up 20 years after this point. It was not very long before the, the whole system is attacked and secret combinations creep in. And so that is just uh, a fact of life, uh, uh, a part of living in the fallen entropic world is that you you can't, we can't win. The people can't really win. You're always going to have a King Noah or you're always going to have secret combinations. You're always going to have this oligarchy for the most part because all forms of government tend towards oligarchy, not even if it's a monarchy, he's mm-hmm. got his he's got his courtiers, right. courtiers, whatever you the 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 members of the court, and courtiers. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, he's got the members of the court, court and his advisors. 
He's got his advisors and right. uh, you know, queen, whatever. I mean, look at even like... It's always an oligarchy. You think Joe Biden's running anything? Like It's always an oligarchy. Right. But even yeah. even in his ridiculous state, I mean, that's more expected or people shrugged it off. But Obama wasn't in charge. Obama had people pulling, no, him, no. pulling the strings. A lot of the same people that are now... Yeah, exactly. You know, pulling the strings. We've seen it. We know. I'm just, just clarifying. We know right. it. We've seen we it. We've talked it. about it. We know, we know what's going on here. And it's the people that always get hosed. And I think if, if you read that episode earlier in Mosiah where uh, it's describing Abinadi and the priests of King Noah, it describes the people of Noah that uh, we, we always take them to be really wicked, these, these people of Limhi, the people of, of Noah. They had become really wicked. But if you read that first, I think it's in, in Mosiah 12, if you read the first 15 verses, it talks about the sins of the... Um, Is it Mosiah 11? It's Mosiah 11. You know, he taxes the people. The priests have concubines. The, that whole thing describes the leadership. Right. And the only real sin of the people was that they became wine bibbers after, you know, they, they, that's the word that it uses in the mm-hmm. Book of Mormon. They, they drank too much. <laughs> and uh, then when the Lamanites came to attack them, they won, and they were prideful and boastful. Those were the sins of the people. But the main error on their part seems to have been allowing this combination, this group of pre- corrupt priests and corrupt king to get above them, because that's right. what got them destroyed was their right. leadership. They didn't really do... The, the, the record doesn't lay those problems at the feet of the people. It was the priests and the king that were doing it. Right. <clears throat> and that's why we're warned by Mormon to not a let that these combinations get above us. He right. calls it a awful situation. Yeah, but it's inevitable. It when, it when, is, it, when it, you see these when you see things, not right. if you see these things come among you, when you see these things come among you, you can lament your awful situation right. and repent, change your heart and mind. Right. I I would argue that it doesn't have to be inevitable if enough people recognize it, lament the awful situation and repent. And well, that's where, and it, that's the Zion idea, right? right? That's that's what we all should aspire to. But how many people will say, "Well, but not now," you know? Well, you don't want to you don't want to move to yeah. to to Missouri, or you don't want to you don't want right. to act like that because we got a lot of business to do. Right, we have we have money to earn and, and you know, vacations and the, to take, and, and the prophets aren't, or the prophets, the the people speaking in conference, they're not really talking about that they don't talk about that very much it's it's just it's hypothetical you know just sit down shut up stay in the boat don't rock the boat well and make make zion your stake to kind of kind of bring this full circle and with what we've talked about today i think that's one of the main reasons this sec cease and desist order and the news related to it has has really gotten under my skin this week is that some people might say you're making a mountain out of a molehill. It's a small thing. But to me, the implications are much larger. And, and the implication is that the evil that we've talked about, about and that Naomi Wolf talks about, this, these influences, these forces of darkness are everywhere. Well, it isn't, it isn't a us, 2020 revelation. This has been 20 some odd since 1997, right? Right. And it's the, the tip it, right. of an iceberg is what, what I think right. you're saying. The implications are, are dire. If you, especially when you consider, you know, someone said 
someone said on on Twitter that, well, the SEC finds everybody. And it's like, well, don't we hold ourselves to a better standard than that? Aren't we told that, you know, the, these are sacred monies and they need to be managed? I mean, if you're a, if you serve in a capacity in your ward or stake that handles any money whatsoever, any donations, you're required annually to watch a video called "Sacred Funds, Sacred Responsibility." Well, let's just say this: if that was mon- if that if this was between the SEC and an individual, they'd be in jail. Yeah, there would there would be jail time. There would be some problems, and. So again, the, the, we talk about principalities and powers and, and spiritual wickedness in high places. There's no place that is immune to that. There's, and and that's, that's not me. That's just scripture. That's, that's Paul. That's, right. And so what do we do about it? Well, when it's discovered, I think we have to, number one, we should always be checking ourselves, have some self-awareness and some introspection and continual repentance. Repent, 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 right? And then, and then I, think we, uh, we, I think we as people, as a society, as members of a society, of an institution, of a church, of you know, voting block, whatever you want to classify yourselves as, we should hold our leaders to the same standards. But that's and, not how it and works. And cry repentance, repentance, repentance. I know, but that's not how it works in our culture. Well, you I don't, know. You don't hold, you can't hold anyone that, higher than you to the standard. And that's why spiritual wickedness in high places is taking root in those high places. And, and, our, and, and by extension, or not by extension, but uh, similarly, the legislatures and the bureaucracies are also similarly similarly insulated. Yeah. They've insulated themselves. You know, yeah. we, it's like vote them out. Okay, so we got to wait till the vote and try to vote them out. Yeah, but is voting somebody out who has already spent X number of years in there exploiting the system to enrich themselves, to to trample the poor, to uh, uh, eat of our substance? Does it mm-hmm. is that you know? Think of David Levitt, right? By the way, last you speak it into existence. Last week we said, whatever happened to David Levitt? Well, you know what happened to David Levitt? <laughs> Bobby found out. Minutes after we finished recording last week, in which we wondered, whatever happened to David Levitt? Well, I found out. David Levitt owns a castle in Scotland. <laughs> Let me repeat that. David Levitt. I thought he was like tied to Ukraine. David Levitt. So you have a summer home in uh, Transylvania? Owns a castle in Scotland. And he has a blog about it. Now, I found this out from the journalist that I mentioned last week, Adam Herbitz, who, who works for the local Fox affiliate. It's like, it's karma, man. The universe said, oh, By the way, ask here he and you shall receive. <laughs> and I did not, it was a screenshot from a Facebook post that Adam Herbitz tweeted. And then there was a, a blog called I can't believe we've done this or something Wasn't like that. Something like what the hell did we do? Yeah, what the hell did we do dot blogspot. I did not try to go there. The journalist said that when he tried to go there, it was blocked on their work computers. Like there was a <laughs> um, an insecure site or something. Mm-hmm. And I thought child trafficking must pay really well <laughs> to be able to buy a castle. The buffalo, in Scotland, the the and Ukrainian buffalo, and they're gonna re, they're gonna restore this castle, and that's like it's been a lifelong dream apparently to live in a castle. This, that's what he said. <laughs> that's what he said in this post. So, David Levitt, the man who was the Utah County Attorney, which can't 
pay you that much money. But he is part of the Levitt family in the Levitt group. Right. David Levitt, the man who brokered a deal, allegedly brokered a deal between some Indians in Montana and the Ukrainian government to get Buffalo into Ukraine and a child in his care, I still a child, want, I a still, human child. I still want to know how they're protecting these Buffalo from the war because that should be top of the well, list. Well, I asked, I asked in the Twitter feed there, did Ukraine ever get the Buffalo? And I've not got an answer. <laughs> I might have to email this journalist yeah, specifically. He probably knows. I'd also like to know what, what the, the fate of that child, but a human child was involved in this transaction. That by definition is child trafficking. <clears throat> But David Levitt owns a castle in Scotland. <laughs> we fight not against principalities and powers, but against spiritual wickedness in high places. I, 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 that, that, that statement is, is more and more true and evident every day, uh, if you're willing to see and hear. And uh, I think it's important that we fight that battle as best we can on our indiv- as an individual. Because ultimately, this is all comes down to individuals. In the end, uh, uh, you know, Apple Computer or Microsoft or Google or the United States government is not going to be held accountable. It's people, individuals, you and me and everyone else is going to have to stand before God and account for our lives. You got a point there. And so I think that it's important that each of us repent continually and then do our best to to fight off spiritual wickedness in high places. And as a group, as a society, we should demand that from our leaders who demand it from us and hold us accountable when we don't live right. up to their standards, Right. but then don't live up to the, own, to the standards that they set for themselves and for us. There needs to be accountability. And what that means, I don't know. And there will be eventually. There always is. But I think especially in the realm of, of church and spirituality, spirituality, I'm having trouble with owlities today. Right. Owlities. And especially in these realms where we hold ourselves to higher standards, that we should be uh, especially uh, concerned when it's proven, when it's proven that those uh, ideals aren't being lived up to. I'm not sure what else to say. <laughs> you, you, you get to the last word here, Bobby Flood. Well, everybody, thank you for listening. Leave a comment if you like. Mindvirus.show, you can find us there. You can also find us flagged on Spotify, uh, any of your podcast aggregators. But, but we do put a lot of, uh, Jordan puts a lot of effort into uh, each podcast as its own individual webpage where we have notes and links and uh, YouTube videos and pictures and everything else that we kind of uh, talk about. Not everything, but lots of the things we talk about. We'll link to Naomi Wolf's article. Yep. We'll link to the SEC cease and desist order because I think it's important to go to the source uh, and anything else he decides. Maybe some Simpsons clips. Of course, the Simpsons clip. Prince if we can music. Find it. The Prince music for <laughs> sure. Yeah, we'll link to the Mormon Stories podcast where you can listen to this uh, Pugsley guy give the legal explanation. Yeah, and listen, w- one final note on all of this is like you don't have to come to the same conclusion I have, but at least go to the document, go to the source and read it for yourself and spend some time contemplating what it is and just let let's have let's have a conversation. Come, let us reason together. 
but let's do it based on reality and the facts, not what someone tells you you need to believe. Don't take any of my advice or my words. Mm-hmm. Go, do it. Do, find this out for yourself. Whether it's the SEC document or the Book of Mormon or anything else, right? Right. Go to the source. Go to God and figure yeah. out what it is he is trying to tell you individually. Perilous times indeed. All right, everybody. I think we're done. Amen. Amen.